Hey, and welcome back. So today I have Matthew Shanks on, and Matthew Shanks is an Army spouse who has a master's in aerospace engineering, and we talk about that life and leaving and moving as an Army spouse, as well as creating his app, Covey. Covey is an app that allows you to create kind of office hours for anyone to call or to reach you through video chat. It's a great app for families or small businesses to keep in communication with each other or their customers. So you can download the app at kovii.com. Cool. So welcome back, everybody. Um, This is the third episode, and I'm actually going to do an intro because somebody was like, what's the name of the show? And it's Point of View Male Military Spouses. Um, And it's being hosted through the new name of my podcast that I've had for a while. So the podcast is called I Don't Know. Um, And I renamed it I Don't Know because I feel as a military spouse, I've said that so many times in my life to my family members and everything. And so I'm really excited to have uh, Matt here today because he's created an app. And we're going to get into this after we get your bio um, where I kind of don't have to start telling people I don't know. Um, through the app, um, through Kovi, and I hope I'm saying that right, um, to be able to answer phone calls and everything. So Matt, uh, go ahead and tell us who you are, where you are, and you know your military spouse story. Okay. Uh, my name is Matthew, and um, I'm currently in Maryland, but we are stationed in California at Fort Irwin. Um, I met my wife about six years ago when she was stationed at Walter Reed in DC. Um, she had just commissioned not too long before that. And I had just started a job um, for the Navy, um, also in Bethesda, Maryland, um, civilian position though. And so that was good timing because in the military, you kind of have to meet somebody when they're new at a duty station so that you have enough time to develop the relationship to like be willing to move with them. Um, So our timing worked and um, I became dependent (laughs) in time to move with her. And then we got married after a a year later. So, but yeah, three years Walter Reed, three years at Fort Irwin. And right now she's at Captain's Career Course um, in Texas. And so while she's there, I came to my parents' house to bum it. <laughs> this is what it feels like living in your parents' basement again. Um, and mostly doing that so I can help get help with childcare because there's no help with childcare available at Fort Irwin. Which, that sounds super unfortunate. Um, I've, you know, I've heard mixed things about Fort Irwin. Um, my husband actually talked about going there for a hot second. I was like, the closest town is like 45 minutes away. Like if I had to find a job that was like not remote, I would have to <laughs> do that commute. And that's just not something that, you know, interests me and everything because we don't have kids, but we have dogs, you know, so yeah, I love big of a commute and everything. Um, that's, that's yeah. awesome. That, what do you, what do you enjoy more? It's not worth going to either. Okay. It's like, oh, I can well. go 45 minutes away to work. It's like, no, there's not really anything there for you either. Well. It's pretty much you're living on like a college campus full of like tanks. Oh, and, okay. And uh, yeah, that's it. I don't mind it. Pre-COVID, I didn't mind it because I went to the pool 
I went to the grocery store. I'm in my peaceful house and I'm happy. And then once a month, I'd go on a trip and do something fun and exciting. And that's all I needed. But then when COVID hit, then you're, without that month trip, it was pretty crazy. You're stuck. You're stuck down in Fort yeah. Irwin. I mean, and if, yeah. if nobody's looked at Fort Irwin on a map, just Google it real quick. <laughs> Check it out. Um, you'll kind of see, you'll see what it is. But it's, it, I feel like not on the CL Fort Irwin, but, you know, I'm with you on that. We were just at Fort Bragg. Um, and Fayetteville is a small town, you know, Fort mm -hmm. Bragg's a small town, the sand hills and everything. So while there's like this kind of cool climate within the area, you do have to go out, you know, go away to do something fun. Same here. Um, but I'm kind of noticing at Fort Hood is like Austin's the closest place, you know, there's other towns that have cute downtowns and shops and, you know, really kind of touristy type things, but those are going to get old within the next year you know you can go to the town the yeah. first year and it's like oh look at all the tourist stuff and then you're like all right well we've seen that shop um so now it's like okay well when are we going to go to austin it's covid you know type type situation is where we're at um i've been to i haven't i think i've i've been to dc i don't know about like bethesda maryland but that's a beautiful area like that's a really cool place to be in and everything so yeah great, great start to uh addictive but yeah so you are a um father as well um and one of the things that i've you know been asking other other fathers and everything i think one question that male spouses can receive a lot is like what is that like you know and i hate that i hate that question but the way i want to phrase it is like how rewarding is that like to, you know, be a stay-at-home father, have time to interact, be around your kids so much, and you know, watch the watch the uh, grow up process. Yeah, that's a good way to reframe it, um, because it's awesome to have that time with him, and and I realize most dads don't, um, so it's great, um, and I, I love that, but it. It also has a lot of challenges and I also feel bad for my wife because like she wants that time and she doesn't have that because she's away states away for a few months. Um, so that's, I just, I feel bad for her. Um, and then also for me, it's like a weird gender identity role thing of like, what's my responsibility and who am I? Am I like just a male embodiment of the, the, army wife who I'm like supposed to like do all the laundry and make dinner and keep the babies fed like is that who I am or it's trying to like balance things and it's confusing trying to do everything and fit the different gender identities that I want while also you want to be supportive of your family and that can come in different ways so it's like I want to be supportive as like the lead finance person at least if she wanted to get out of the military I want to like be able to be supportive but then I also want to support her and her career um, and those two can butt heads for sure. So what do you prior to you know becoming dependent or moving into this lifestyle what 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 did you do and then you know did you what did you give up did you give anything up to come into this life? Yeah um yeah, I did. So I was a, an aerospace engineer working for the Navy um, with a master's degree and pretty good pay. 
Uh, and then she got orders to um, Fort Irwin. We were we were really pulling to try to get a few bases, um, such as uh, Lewis in Washington State, mm -hmm. where I could keep my job because there's a similar facility nearby that that I could switch jobs, but still with the same employer, same department type thing. Um, but the, those didn't happen. Fort Irwin wasn't even on our list and they <laughs> gave us that. Um, so when that happened, um, I, I just said, okay, I'm not doing this engineering thing for now. And instead, so I gave that up, but it did give the opportunity to do what had been my hobby and passion of um, triathlon. So I've been racing in the pro category for, I don't know, five years, six years, um, a while before that move and coaching as like a hobby job. And I thought maybe a decade or two later um, with some good engineering savings in the bank, I might make that like a half-time retirement, like a half-time work early mm -hmm. retirement. Um, but moving to Fort Irwin, it was like, okay, that's this is only a two-year duty station, we were told at the time. Um, and it's in the middle of nowhere. So how about you try this triathlon coaching thing full-time um, and see how it goes. Um, so that was the opportunity that it presented. Um, and that was going really well for a while um, until COVID and then also having a son was a little hard to balance the balance everything working from home and watching him yeah yeah I bet I mean that's cool uh coaching triathlons it's a interesting move from going from aerospace to coaching triathlons as something you know something that you duly enjoy and following the passion and the career of your spouse I want to get into the app um I want to get into Kobe. Is it Kobe? Am I saying that right? Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, how, how did it start? Like, what was the point where you said this has to be a thing? Yeah. So I, I kind of led into that already with the triathlon thing um, and COVID because uh, I was coaching full-time um, it was probably about like 30 hours a week of work for, for a little over half of my old engineering salary. So it was working out pretty well. Um, but with COVID, the races were canceled, which meant my clients were less motivated and less interested in training. Um, I think with enough encouragement and support and in navigating all of that, um, they could have stayed engaged and I kept them as clients and I could help them through that time. But since daycare was closed, I'm now juggling an infant. He was six months at the time um, in March. Um, so normally I engage with them mostly on the computer um, through a, a platform called Training Peaks. I post their schedules and I respond to comments and stuff like that there. And then they would schedule calls from time to time. And I couldn't really keep up with any of that with, with the son um, in my hands. Um, so I was dropping the ball on my coaching clients during a time that they like needed extra help. Um, so I was just losing clients pretty quickly. Um, and then that was also the frustration of gender I role and like 
am I supposed to be building this business such that my wife can get out of the army if she wants to later? Or am I just the stay at home parent and that's my responsibility and this other thing is just like a side hustle. Um, so that was half of the story. And then the other half is simply um, being at Fort Irwin, being super lonely. Um, I have all these clients that I wanna be talking to, but I can't. And mm. then for like friends, I normally get out once a month for a long weekend and see people, um, but that's not happening. So I'm, she's, she works like 14 hour days and five days a week. And so it's a lot of time to be home with the baby and nobody to talk to. So that's kind of all set up the situation. And then the moment that you asked about was July 28th. It was, I think, early in the afternoon and I'm sitting on the play mat. Um, it's like a foam carpet type thing, not carpet, but mat playing with or something with him hours a day sitting on the floor <laughs> playing with my son. Um, and I, I had been getting motivated to like um, get my coaching back on track. Um, so I was like, how can I get clients? When I first got clients, when I went from part-time to full-time, I did it mostly through Instagram. I built up a pretty big following, got a lot of clients, and then since then just worked on referrals. Um, so I was like, I've got this big Instagram following who like me as a triathlete, but I haven't engaged with them in forever. I need to engage that base again. So while I'm just sitting here bored out of my mind, I don't want to be scrolling on my phone because I'm like worried about his speech delay. Not that he was delayed, but every all kids were like speech delayed during covid because they don't talk to anybody um they're not around people so i wanted a way for my instagram followers to be able to call me it solves the problem of me being bored and it lets me engage with potential clients um so i was like i'll go on my instagram stories post hey here i am here's levi we're bored let's talk about triathlon or whatever. And that's like a super open door invite to possible clients. And it doesn't even matter if they hire me later or not. It's just networking and helping mm -hmm. me not be bored. Um, and then it was only like five minutes of thinking, well, I post that. And then what if three people or 10 people respond? Then they're like, okay, here's my number. But when, when are we going to talk? It's like, well, I want to talk to you right now. And I don't know if I want to talk to you in half an hour because he might be cranky. He might be napping, which is my only time to focus on computer work. Um, so it's like now or never. And later there might be another now or late never moment. Mm -hmm. And so that's when I had the idea for Kobe. So I was like, I can mark myself available. They see that they know they're welcome to call. And the first person who calls me, then I'm no longer marked available. And later I can mark myself available again. And they know it. Um, and that's exactly what Kobe does. It sends out notifications to whoever you put in a circle that you marked yourself available to. Um, and then they can know that you're available to talk to. Um, most things that are similar is just like your Facebook active now um, indicator nobody cares at all about that because it just yeah. means you touched your phone. So 
like you and I might be active now because our like phones are awake or something, but we certainly aren't interested in engaging in conversation right now with any of our whatever one or 2000 Facebook friends. Um, so I needed this indicator to be intentional, meaning you intended to toggle it on, not just you touched your phone and audience specific. So it's like right now I'm doing coaching work. I want to be available to coaching clients. And when I'm washing the dishes, I want to be available to my five best friends or maybe like my siblings or somebody like those are the people I want to multitask washing the dishes and FaceTiming them. Um, yeah, so that that was the moment and it spiraled very fast from that first idea. Yeah, um, I so like I told you, I mean, I saw it in the early phase um, before you were on the App Store. Now you're officially on the Apple App Store. So congratulations to that. That's awesome. But I like, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm looking at it. I like the categories where I can like put different people in different categories, right? I can do, oh, I can do friends, home, family, work. And I can have multiple multiple areas of where, where we're calling in, but um, who's available. And I think the best feature is that like, I'm available now. Mm-hmm. You know, that broadcast of like, hey, if, if you want to contact me. And I think that, that's such a big tool for anyone, entrepreneurs, military spouses, but you know, I'm taking this down the military spouse route of like, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a great tool for us who are like going through a deployment, you know, whose spouse is further away. And you're like, Hey, can you download this and let your family know when you're available? Because, mm-hmm. you know, like mo- majority of us, we're going to say, I don't know when you can talk. I don't know when they can talk, you know? Is that is that that question of and it, it that's it's such a great concept to be able to keep not only like businesses running you know from a from a customer standpoint of saying oh I want to contact you know this person mm-hmm. or a client if you're an entrepreneur of saying hey I'm online if you have any questions you know it's such a great way for small business owners too who are making items who are getting ready to sell them out to be able to have that one-on-one communication with you know. Um, with customers, customers can rather just, Hey, like, what are you working on? Can I see my design? Can I see the, you know, the soap you're making? And I use soap as an example, uh, as a great way to keep it interpersonal and that active forward and backwards feedback. It's that's such a great concept. And I mean, I'm excited to use it. My contact list is filling up and I'm looking forward to switching off FaceTime. And like, hopefully deleting that app and just going co- like 100% Kobe where I'm able to say, like, if I'm available, this will be on. Because um, yeah. I do, I, you know, communicate through, with multiple people through multiple things a day. So this is going to help clear up my schedule. Love it. It's amazing. Um, and yeah, that, that interpersonal ability to let somebody know, like, I'm available. Come, like, now's your time. Yeah. Yeah, from the business standpoint, it's very much um, virtual, unset office hours. And people often ask like, oh, can I set hours for this? And it's like, well, if you said I'm available between three and five, you're only available to one person at a time for a call. So does it matter if you said between three and five or if you just generally said in the afternoons, I tend to go available or you don't even say that at all. People just see when you're mm-hmm. available because yeah. you might be available at 2:45. you might as well open your door then 
people get that access. But mostly our culture has just um, shifted to text. Texting was great because mm -hmm. we don't have to worry about bothering people because we can just text anytime we want. But the issue with it is there's no assumption that the person is going to engage at that same time. That's one issue. And the other issue is it's not very personable because voice or video is much stronger connection. But on the first point with wanting responses, um, texting is really, and messenger or whatever, it's really informal email. I send a response, you get it. And at some unknown time later, you respond. Mm -hmm. Maybe you respond right away. Maybe I respond right away. But there's no commitment for that conversation to stay. It's just like, oh, he responded. Okay, I'll respond back. It's just informal email. Whereas if you think back to using AOL IM back when I was like in middle school and high school, um, that is the texting version of what Kobe is now for the social use. When you went on AIM, if somebody was logged in, they wanted to talk and you were friends. So you knew they wanted to talk to you. So mm -hmm. you didn't go on AIM and send a message and, exp and not know if they were going to reply. Like if they were active, they were active and they weren't signed on unless they wanted to engage. So Kobe brings that back in a modernized fashion where now, I mean, in the same sense, it's where you go when you want to talk to somebody who also wants to talk back real time. Mm -hmm. And yep. if we're doing real time conversation, then it might as well be voice or video. Because um, we spend enough time like jabbering away at our phones, yeah. we might as well just talk if we're going to do it real time. What I need to know is when am I going to get a plug into Slack? <laughs> <laughs> when are we when are we going to be able to plug this into slack so i could just flip on my slack kobe integration and just say here's my office hours let's do this yeah that's going to be you know bring it into the workplace of yeah co-working spaces yeah. and everything because there, there's so many co-working spaces right now we, we're able to do that and everything yeah, I got to make sure Slack doesn't just steal I know, Kobe's right? idea and integrate it. Oh, wow. I got to stay dynamic enough where I'm like a little bit in like the virtual office hours space exactly, of business. Yeah. And then also in the social space of just talk to your friends. Um, yeah. But it is a lot of um, a more accessible CRM type thing. So in business, you're used to these business tools, but we want to bring those tools to just make our personal lives more organized and efficient too. Um, so when you have that 20 minutes, like you know you can connect with somebody instead of just like defaulting to texting or scrolling, like use yeah. that 20 minutes the best you can and talk to somebody when you need yeah. social connection. Yeah, I think it's great. I love, I love it. I think it's a great concept and I hope that it helps so many people, so many entrepreneurs out here who are probably like struggle let's be real struggling with communication during COVID because mm -hmm. they're sitting in front of their computers in front of their workspace and they get those those emails or those text messages and they probably hit that like I don't want to respond right now you know without without saying or seeming like they're ignoring the customer you know by like oh, I'll get to it in mm -hmm. a little bit because texting is interpersonal just like email we get to it when we have the time to do it rather than mm -hmm. sitting in front of us and say, okay, I'm going to wait for text. I'm going to wait for emails. That could be forever. Um, depending on the other party. 
Well, I mean, I'm, I, I keep going back to saying I love it. I think it's great. I'm excited to have it. I'm going to be on it. I'm going to have my open and close when I'm going to start setting my times and hoping uh, my family and friends start using it too to keep those connections going because it is, it is still rough. I mean, we're almost a year into COVID. Yeah. You know? So <laughs> how much, how much more space do we keep needing to say like, well, let's get together on FaceTime and then it falls through. Let's get together on Zoom yeah. and it falls through. Yeah. Right. This is a better yeah. version of managing our time and setting our, setting our own personal boundaries of when we're ready. Right. That's, that's one of the big points for me too, is the, all, all your friends who are pretty good friends, but um, when you text them about something, they're like, oh, we should like, we should call each other soon. We should FaceTime soon. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just stops at that, at good intentions. Like Guilty. Both, both parties 100%. are like, yeah, my relationship with you is important. I want to learn more about your life. I want to share more about my life. Um, we should talk soon. But unless it's urgent, and for me, that usually means a friend just got engaged <laughs> or, mm-hmm. or they're expecting a baby. Those are the two reasons why calls like happen. Cause they're like, this yeah. is important enough. We're going to make it happen. So we're going to schedule a time in our busy lives and make it happen. Yeah. Um, but for the casual call, the let's talk soon, those just fall through the gaps because it's not, it doesn't feel important enough to schedule because scheduling is a pain. Like we're all busy and you have to commit to it. So like you have, you have a scheduled call at a certain time. You have to think like days ahead to make sure you don't schedule anything else then. Mm-hmm. Uh, an hour or half an hour before you have to like make sure. Get ready, ready, get your space ready, be yeah. prepared, stay hydrated. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. And then with this, I've been using it for a lot of um, new contacts. Um, and it's so refreshing to just talk to somebody, even if you don't know them. And without having had to do that delay of time. So like Calendly, sure, it's easy because you didn't have to like text back and forth 10 times, but you still had to commit to a time later. So um, that creates like a a hurdle of how important is this call in order to schedule it. And, And also like your mood to talk, I think varies a lot. So if you wanna talk to somebody whether it's a friend about something personal or a business type thing where you're a client, where a client wants to like buy now mm-hmm. um, or a counseling type thing, such as a counselor or a pastor or somebody like that. What you're in the mood for talking about right now is different than what you're willing to commit to later. So if I'm like, I'm in a really shitty spot and I need to reach out to a friend and talk to him about it now, it's like, yes, I'm gonna, if, uh, okay, if we're talking about suicide stuff, like you need to talk now. Um, yeah. And that's where my, great. like, that's where my head went the first time is like mental health crisis, yeah. people's mental health so this during is, these times. This is definitely great for that. But even if you're bringing it down to like, you're just going through a bad spot, you, you need a friend to talk to, I got to plug in my phone. Uh, you're going through a bad spot um, and you're, you're ready and willing to share. Um, you're going to survive the next few days. It'll be fine. You're, you'll get through it. But if you have to text your friend and say, let's chat on Saturday, mm-hmm. that's hard because right now you're feeling open and willing and like you're ready to share 
but you're not ready to say on Saturday, I'm willing to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, So this lets you make that connection, whether it's that kind of example, or it's the business case of I'm ready to bite the bullet and purchase or whatever. Um, It makes sure you get that connection in the moment where people are ready for it instead of making them commit to a later time, which that's the let's talk soon and it never happens. Yeah. Yeah. And those are, those are such valuable things, especially during the COVID area, er, area, COVID area and era um, of just being able to like, I need help now, you Mm -hmm. know, instead of being cryptic about it or it's self follow. um, Yeah. And when you compare that to um, like Facebook, so periodically you see people face post a status to Facebook of they're going through a rough spot and you get all sorts of different Mm -hmm. responses based on that person how much they share but sadly a lot of times you see those and it's like that one friend who's like always being dramatic and like oversharing and posting things that the world doesn't really want to see and and everybody feels bad for thinking that but but if we all have that like one friend who posts that stuff and you're like Mm -hmm. "Eh, do i need to take it seriously or are they just being dramatic but that's being posted to all of their Facebook friends. Mm-hmm. And so everybody is, e- it's easy to be like, to brush it off and be like, well, I'm not their best friend. Like I kind of know them, but. Yeah. It's just my else. place to step in and help. And yeah. 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 But with Kobe, it's like a Facebook status going out, but it's set to who you want. So if you're, yeah. so like if somebody's going through a hard spot and they're saying like, I'm lonely, I need a friend to talk to They write that as a status and they mark themselves available, but they made themselves available to who they wanted. So that might be two people. It might be one mm-hmm. or it might be 20 people, but everybody who receives that notification, it just pops up on your phone. Matthew's available to you. And then it says his status lonely need somebody yeah. to call. They know that that person is reaching out directly Specifically. and some yeah. other people, but, but it, it was intended to go to you. Yeah, it's it's so great. And there's, it's so, such a versatile, I know I only spoke a bit from the, you know, the military spouse stand, standpoint, but that is such a versatile thing and needed, needed thing in the world right now is that interpersonal communication, that one-on-one. Yeah. I need, I need, like, I need help or I'm open to talk, you know. Mm-hmm areas because we don't know who's struggling with what and who's going with, through with what until they do open up or they are specific about what they're going through in the moment mm-hmm. um and you know i'm not mm-hmm. trying to like shift gears and like move fast but i want to one of the biggest things that i want to talk about during all these interviews and everything and from your point of view too um i mean you're the first navy that i've had on uh, uh, yesterday was Air Force. I've had Army and, and had more, oh, we're, more rolling we're Army. out. Oh, your Army. I'm sorry. I thought you guys were naval. So, okay, cool. Uh, I worked as a civilian for the Navy. Got it. Okay. That was my misunderstanding. Okay. Anyways, it still applies yeah. because it's cross a cross branch question is um, within the like spouse community dynamic. From a male spouse point of view, in your point of view, what are, what are some things that you see in the climate where you've been and, you know, ways that it can change and, and things that can help like promote more wellness in the spouse community? Yeah. Um, 
I spend a lot of time noticing and thinking about the gender differences and, and how we interact and are perceived and exist. Um, so mostly over the past few years, well, at Walter Reed, it was like, I, I didn't have anything to do with the army. I, we lived in a busy area, I had my civilian job. She went to her work. She worked decent hours, but mostly I wasn't really affected by it. I didn't immerse myself in the military community at all, really. Um, going to Fort Irwin was a big shift because that's all army and nothing else. Um, but there it was similar in that my world was still triathlon. I lived on an army base, but all I did was go to the pool to swim, go to the commissary to shop. And then once a month I went to a race or to visit people for training or something like that. But all my social circles were triathlon, online and in-person triathlon. Um, so not a ton of interaction. And then that all changed a month and a half ago <laughs> when, when I'm trying to reach out to people with this app, because I know from the Facebook groups that like everybody's lonely um, mm. and feeling isolated and wanting their friends. And so I needed to engage with the community to share this app. Um, so to do that, being more active on Facebook um, and then more recently on LinkedIn and Clubhouse, um, mostly those two places and engaging a lot with other military spouse entrepreneurs. Um, they've been a super fantastic community that's really supportive and we all kind of have that common trust uh, factor of knowing that we understand each other and know the struggles that we have and and just kind of have faith in each other that we're out there to make the world better and not simply make a quick buck selling some like online course or something yeah. like that um so the community has been great but i'm pretty much the only guy in there um i've met like one other military spouse guy before you in my last like month and a half of meeting like hundreds of military spouses yeah um so that's kind of crazy and i'm always in these clubhouse rooms with um a bunch of military spouses that are all female plus a few female active duty people and the other guys in the room are usually civilian or active duty employees of something that's supposed to be supporting spouses mm -hmm. uh, with like resume the writing. Thir the third party, the third party contributor. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I see, I see those clubhouse um, things too. And um, I mean, the, the only reason and I haven't joined is I haven't received an invite. I'll invite you. Well, hold on though. This like, <laughs> this is the whole point though is okay. I know people in those that same group that you're in, uh -huh. right? So there's a hard time connecting or re like making connections with other military spouses because I, and I'm like not trying to play the victim, but I feel like male spouses are not the first ones that other female spouses think of when they're like, oh, hey, we're doing this spouse group um, for entrepreneurial. So let's, let's pull you in because, you know, Joey, you're doing X, Y, Z and stuff. But I get those reaches, reach outs when it's something like, hey, this person needs help in this field. Joey, I know you're really good at that. 
let me make the connection, right? And then the connections through that third party. Whereas, okay, so they're not inviting you into the social circle, but they're pulling your expertise in when needed. Right. Is that what you're and I see, yeah, and I see that like in person too, like, you know, in, in spouse groups on Fort Bragg or Fort Hood, now that we're at that. Saw yeah. that Fort Bragg where it was like, but where did this information come from? It's like, oh, I'm part of this spouse group. Like, so where was the information to that spouse group? Like, how long have I been left out of that? You know, <laughs> whereas that's, you know, that's something that I'm trying to create with, with this and with other, through other means is re like actually remembering who's in my network and not trying to, and, and honestly trying to prioritize male spouses more you know, and be like, yeah. Hey, I, I know this might look a little too feminine because of who's in it, what they put out, you know, what the media yeah. looks like on this, but, you know, remembering. So um, that's, that's the, like, that's the big thing is I'm like, I see these groups. It's cool. I don't know if I'm actually missing out because I don't know if I actually have the time to sit there on the 9am's on Mondays um, and, and, and be active. And I know this is doing great things and I see the results from all these spouses connecting, communicating and gathering yeah. and everything. But I feel like there's a huge audience that is, that is missing from that. Yeah. So you need to join because we need <laughs> more guys on there. So it's like the guy spouses are supposedly 8%, um, but we're definitely not represented in represented in that. And I think we're often excluded accidentally yes. for the purpose of supporting women. So women and guys go around saying women have been marginalized and we need to support them. Um, but as the guy in that space who's going through a lot of the same stuff, um, I don't think that me being involved is taking anything away from supporting the women. It's just building the community more. Um, maybe some would argue that, but, but for, for me, I go in these spaces and they're all women. And so I wonder, am I supposed to be here? The group title says military spouse. Me. Which is no, great. That's, that's super inclusive. And I love, I love that that's coming out more that that is the that is the primary language right now. So this is this is the real life. This is, you know, I, it's not like I wasn't expecting this to happen. But yeah. Welcome, Levi. So, and this is this is Rachel, which Oh, okay. Oh, that's adorable. <laughs> I love those. We, we got off of Etsy recently, not Etsy, off of Spousely recently. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, the groups are titled Military Spouse Entrepreneur, but who's in the group? Who's in the group is a bunch of military spouse entrepreneurs that are women, plus me. They say, hey, ladies, lots, and they've noticed that I bite often enough that they'll say, hey, ladies, and Matthew. Um, <laughs> so that's an improvement. Um, but also in the group is those few random guys that I mentioned who are third party help supporters of the community. Yep. And then also are a lot of active duty women. And so that's where I first get confused. It's like, is this a women's group for military community or is it a military spouse community? And I've like 
thought about that some, and I think I've got a good answer or solution. Cause at first it's like, well, it's definitely a women's community because there's like way more active duty women in this group than there are male spouses. So it's a women's group. Um, but then I had this idea and that's the community and this, prob this probably should or could go to all sorts of community rather than focus on a label of what it's for, focus on the needs of the people that it serves. So the typical, and you might have to give it a label. So the label that it's given mm -hmm. is military spouse, but what is it there for? It's for people who are, and especially military spouse entrepreneur, people who are trying to multitask family life, supporting a spouse, being probably a primary or significant caregiver and juggling that with their own endeavors. Um, so the women military spouse entrepreneurs are obviously the majority of that group. The guys may or may not fit into it because they might not have kids and then they don't feel like they fit in because they're all talking about juggling too many things, but I think they still fit in fine. Um, but I think most, most easy to pick on is the active duty male versus active duty female why are there so many females in the group? And I think the difference is generally women who are active duty are playing more of that juggling than the guys. So a guy active duty with the fully supportive spouse who's doing all the childcare, he doesn't really have anything in similar, he doesn't have any of the same needs as the group. But the active duty women, they are, feeling like a lot of strain on being the mother figure, taking care of the family, and then also juggling the full-time work, which is the same as the spouse with the entrepreneur thing. So once I had that realization, it takes away any like, oh, do I belong here or you? It's just mm -hmm. what issues are being addressed? What struggles are we talking about? What resources are we sharing? And do those apply to you? And with that, you can welcome anybody into the group. And if their needs and concerns aren't relevant, they don't stay because the, like they don't fit there. But it's not that they're not welcome. It's just that we're talking about stuff you don't care about. Yeah. Um, so in that sense, I think you would fit very well because <laughs> you're, you're juggling lots of things. You're yeah. a military spouse, but yeah. I, and you said the, the hey ladies thing. You know, oh my, yeah. <laughs> the language, the hey ladies. And I see that across the board, spouse groups, spouse groups all over. And I'm not talking about the, the 3,000 member page, Facebook page of spouses, you know, 2.0 Fort Hood. I'm talking about like the microclimates of like the spouses clubs and everything and what the people that are putting out for the spouse community right? And doing yeah. things for the spouse community, that language still exists. And every time it's like nails on chalkboard to me, because it's like, you are yeah. already setting this unwanted presence, unconscious bias right. towards right. what whoever's running the Facebook page, who's ever leading the group considers to be military spouses. Mm -hmm. Talked this, talked about it before, but like my most recent story with that was the head of the spouse club decided to capitalize every time she wrote spouse in a comment back to me. She wrote it three times about what like the requirements for this group was. And 
capitalized spouse and I called her out on it. And I called her out in the sense of like, I'm curious on why you're capitalizing spouse. And she said, for clarification, like you're already communicating <laughs> what you think is a normative military spouse, you know, just by that language and the way you comment back the picture that was attached to this. It was a whole mess. It's still a whole mess. I've still have no interest in joining this club. Um, just because of that one interaction and yeah you know but there's microclimates of that club where it's like somebody go these people go out and get lunch on this day they go meet at this coffee shop which is cool to interact and everything but <laughs> there's also just that one person who can ruin it for the outward right. perception for a lot of people yeah and I, I I don't know how I feel totally about inclusivity, is that how you pronounce it? Um, like groups exist, like I said, for a common need. And so like the need for the majority of the military spouses is if you're if you're satisfying that, then it might not fit all the guy spouses. Basically, you can ha have women's activities in the spouses club and and that's okay. It's the difference between hosting that activity um, and just having it be, I guess it's whether or not you're like putting a barrier, putting putting the doors up saying like, you're not allowed. Like if you just say, look, we're, ho we're having a baking party. If you like to bake, come bake. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, well, maybe most guys don't care to bake. That's fine. Like, like the yeah, spouses they're... like baking. Lots of people like baking. If you like to bake, you can go, whether or not you're a girl or a yeah. guy. Yeah, there's yeah. and there's events like that that are that could be like, no, this is a female oriented event because X Y Z. But when ninety percent of that is what's happening, but you're calling eighty percent, yeah, for all. You know, you're not you're yeah. not doing it for all. Right. And then, and then they have the, they have the problem of saying, well, how do we get male spouse attention? What do we do for male spouses? But then don't use additional tools. Don't find that one male spouse and go, Hey, like, can you help us? You know, yeah. or do you know somebody who could help us? Like we're trying to do this, but we we're not capable of doing it. Just say you're not yeah. capable of doing that. That's fine. Yeah. I, I think it's usually a barrier surrounding um, like the labeling initially. So yeah. rather than hosting a baking night they host a women's night mm -hmm. <laughs> like, well, why, why is the spouse hosting like a ladies night um yeah. that's really they're just baking like if, if at the late at the ladies night you're just drinking wine and chatting then call it a wine night um yeah. if yeah. if you want to be inclusive if you want to just if you want to be talking about something gender specific and you need a ladies night, okay, but, but don't do that, that for all yeah. the activities. And, yeah. and and look at and look at look at your wording and the photos you post and <laughs> I, the biggest thing that I said I talked to um, a, a captain from another unit and I said the biggest thing and feedback that I would give as a gay army spouse is after an event don't look at how many people showed up look at who didn't show up mm. right if you're looking if you're saying this event was successful because we had you know 15 people show up yeah and you didn't see one male spouse but you know you have five in your unit 
yeah that's where the problem is and now you need mm-hmm. to go solve that problem and it was like oh my, like it clicked yeah right you know and i i like being involved in spouse communities i like being involved in the the unit spouse communities something we're building right now with the unit we're currently at but that was my big thing was like who are the spouses and like when i asked that they're like we don't know like yeah. they they know but it was like they had no record of who was contacting who and everything and keeping that communication between the spouses to see who isn't showing up to the frg meetings or giving ideas and how who needs support and everything um yeah that's that's the thing is look at who's not showing up to your events if you're saying it's for all and you have 50 people who show up and it's 50 women (laughs) is it all was it all was it really all like were the items for all you know there's some there's some gray areas on like giveaways that could be unisex you know but there's also yeah triggering point to get male spouses to come out to them you know yeah. and sometimes male spouses just say I don't want to be involved I've got my and career I, path I you that's, know. that's part of it too and what I wonder a lot with the eight eight percent is it's like and and when there's like a wives Facebook group and then the spouses one is like tiny and doesn't exist it's like okay well guys are different they don't want as much social socialization. So like mm-hmm. sometimes trying to like make it even is, is like trying too hard at something that's not going to happen. So it's like, you don't like, if the guy just likes hanging out by himself, most of the time, we don't have to like twist his arm too bad. Cause I'm like in between. It's like, I want to be included some, but like, yeah. but I don't want to be part of a sorority, like all my life Correct. is devoted to it. Correct. So it, it's like, I don't know, striking the right balance where you're, you're not trying too hard you're just not being exclusive mm-hmm. I've and I've seen male spouses who are just a hundred percent committed to their FRG they're doing things every weekend and which is which is so great and I'm speaking about one person I'm hoping yeah. hoping to get him on and just be like <laughs> the spark of fire tell us why this is such rewarding work to you yeah. um but, but I'm working on it I'm yeah. convince in the convincing phase but you know so it's, I've seen people it's good who for do guys that. to see that that's like possible and they can do yeah. that if they want to but i also think a lot of guys simply don't want to do that so. oh yeah 100 percent. you know i i mean even even um just getting just getting you know two guys together for a coffee day or go out for a beer can be hard because there's scheduling involved and stuff you know (laughs) sometimes these events aren't accessible at times because they are the stay-at-home parent they might not have the resources during covid to get babysitters or you know have the luxury of having a family member at the house to watch the kid while they go out and do it Mm -hmm. um, and everything so there is there's multiple challenges and i these challenges exist for female spouses too. I'm not sitting here saying this is exclusive to male spouses um, because somebody's going to come at me in a comment for saying that, but it's, it's across, it's across the board. That's that's why I think it's best and safest just to focus on like the person's needs and, and not saying too much about like identifying who that is because you always have outliers. And so let the outliers, um, go where they want the example I usually use for that is like when you're when you're hosting um like a crocheting part a crocheting club at the community center 
it's assumed that most of those people are going to be older and women. Yeah. But there's a very small group of people who don't fit that, who might be interested in crocheting. We can host a crocheting club and just understand that they're mostly going to be older and women without saying a crocheting club for old women. Yeah, right. Because what I would probably show point? it though, because I just crocheted my first blanket. Let me tell I you, <laughs> I love it. Reason why I mentioned that. <laughs> I'm so, I thought so. I thought you were coming at me. I was like, oh, okay, that's how this is going. Yeah, no, I love it. But but I get what you're saying is there doesn't need to be a, an age gen, gender demographic for the majority of these events. Right. You can just host the event understand like your target audience is mostly these people but those people mm -hmm. are going to come so you can host your events that are catering to the majority of spouses which is women um but if it happens to be in an area that guys are interested in then let them come and you'll so that's a little bit differing from your statement of saying like if the guys are missing then we have a problem a little bit. I think it depends on like the extent of it and if there are other events where the guys are showing up. Cause yeah. like we can have a variety of events. We can have the spouses bowling night and we might have like a over representation of guys at the bowling night, yeah. but we didn't even have to say a guy spouse bowling night. We can just have a bowling night and a baking night and a wine night and let whoever yeah. wants to come, come. Yeah. On the level of like, you know, showing up who's not coming, that's for like luncheons, barbecues, you know what I mean? There's there's factors okay. into it, like is the accessibility of like, was that held at noon on a Wednesday when people aren't available? You know, that's why the majority of the people can't show up. There's there's plenty of elements to factor into. If you're holding a luncheon that has a raffle, you know, like there's a timing for it, but I think people are gonna look at what's being raffled and make their decision on showing up to that, right? So. If, you know, if we're saying that people aren't showing up because everything that's being raffled is pink. Okay. Purses, you know, yeah. guys aren't going to show up to that, but they, but you know, if it was something, if it was a luncheon with something different being raffled or something else that looked, uh, you know, across board, male, female, then that's, that couldn't entice people. And then those, those groups stop struggling and saying, we can't get any male spouses to come. Right. There's a there's a self-reflection, self-inquiry on let's create an event, let's do this big event, but everything that's gonna be there is gonna be targeted towards women. You know, and it's it's unconscious because that's how it's been for how many years. Right. So yeah, I'm there's I I I love your point of views. I love how you how you state it and you're you're targeting and you're solving problems for for everyone and for spouses and and not just for the events but you're you're finding that community through who you're serving and what what the purpose of serving is yeah yeah it's interesting for me because i am kind of like a just solo guy i, I do my thing i i like <laughs> i know people somewhat and i like come to a few things here and there but like mostly I am like doing my own thing all the yeah. time. And so now with this app, like now I'm like being forced kind of to engage at a level that I'm Go not out. used to. And it, it's, it's kind of nice, especially after this whole year of not talking to anybody to now like network a lot and know people. Yeah. But it is, it is weird that like my 
app that's mostly intended to let you talk to like your five to 10 best friends more often is now forcing me to like be way more social than <laughs> I normally am to try to bring that tool to more people. That's great. Well, I'm going to put the, the YouTube page and the link to download the app in the bio of this. Cool. So if you're listening to the podcast audio version, um, that's in the bio, it'll be in the YouTube video. So if you're watching us, um, the recorded version of this, you'll have that in the bio also. But uh, Matthew, it was great to meet you. It was great to have this discussion and hear about your story. And thanks for creating uh, the app. And I'm looking forward to it. You'll have to hop on one day and do a meet the creator um, and let people engage with you and get to know your, your story if they have further questions about the app. Sounds great. Yeah. So thank you so much for um, joining and you know, we'll talk to you soon. Cool. Talk to you later. We'll connect with you on Kofi sometime. Yeah, I will. I'll be available. Okay. <laughs> right. Bye. Bye.